Hello and welcome to Voice of Restoration, a broadcast outreach of the Christian Brethren Church, bringing you Bible-based teachings from author and Bible teacher, Pastor Afolabi Oladeli. Jeremiah started his ministry in the days of King Josiah. He was the oldest of the three of them. And when he already prophesied the fact that God was going to send them into captivity and so on and so forth, the first group that went into captivity was Daniel in the days of Jeconiah. Jeconiah or Jehoiakim. I'm mixing one of the two of them. It was Jehoiakim was the first. In that time, the first batch that went was Daniel. And you will see how Daniel, when he began to speak, referred to the prophecies that Jeremiah had spoken about. But in the second batch that were taken into captivity, Ezekiel was amongst those ones. While Jeremiah was in the land, Daniel was in the capital, and Ezekiel was by, with them near the river. And go and look at the prophecies of Ezekiel. You will see certain areas where they overlap with the things that have been spoken by Jeremiah. So even in the place where you have multitude or multiple ministers that God has set in the land, there is a commonality in the message that is being spoken. Please check these things out. Pastors, God is not the God of confusion. And we need to say this to ourselves because this change that has come to this nation comes along with it a major package that has implications for the church in Nigeria. Miss it! I don't know where you will end up and that's where I'm going today. Because all that we are saying, like I said, I didn't come to judge anyone. I am not competent to. I'm not capable of. Not that I might promoting anyone in this congregation, myself inclusive, but just pointing people's attention to the ways of God so that together we will understand what we ought to be praying for. Because the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but it's in what? It's in righteousness. In what? Peace and what? And joy in the Holy Ghost. Pattern number two. You'll find that when God is speaking and walking at a particular time, he speaks through one man. Or there is a lead man. That is, let me use that word. There is a lead man that is the carrier of his word, that is the carrier of his message. You can look at that chain. When it was the time of Abel, it was Abel. When it was the time of Enoch, it was Enoch. When it was the time of Noah, it was Noah. The time of Abraham, it was Abraham. And then you got to the days of the leadership of Moses. And I say that God's government in heaven extends its influence strongly through one individual than, any other, than anybody else. And it is our job to do what? It's our job to do what? To identify and do what? And submit to God through that individual as he is what? As he's following God. When he got to the days of Moses, Moses gave the excuse. I am what? I'm a stammerer. I am this. I am that. I am this. I'm of so speech and so on and so forth. And God supplied Aaron to go with him. To do the speaking for him. 
But what's important? Moses was not really God. But in the teamwork, here, God is very clearly pointing out that who was the leader? Because God said, Aaron will be your what? Will be your prophet. Somebody was going to be doing the heavy lifting. But somebody was doing the hearing and dishing out the instructions. Exactly what God wanted done. Until such a time that the faith of Moses was strong enough. That was the pattern. Until such a time that then rebellion came. And I'm, I'm, I'm deliberate in going these steps. Because there have been many questions that will come in the hearts of many of you. About how do we identify this man? About challenge of authority. And I ask all of you, please, go back to submission and authority. It's a classic that anyone in this assembly should have. Amen? Because it's not just for whom's. It applies in the church. It applies in the nation. It applies in every aspect of the kingdom. The first people that challenged were people from his own family. The sister and the elder brother. Are you the only one? Because he married the Ethiopian woman. And God did something there that people should understand. What did God do to Miriam? It's not the fact of leprosy. What did it mean? God was doing what? God was driving her out of the congregation. God was driving her out of the congregation until Moses said, ah, Lord, don't do that. Submission, authority. God introduces his doctrine into the church by who? By his appointed man. And I am required to do what? To submit to the doctrine of God independent of the incapacities that you find in the life of the man. Hello? And we do not say this to condone evil in the life because God will deal with that anyway. God will kick him out. I can tell you that. And then when it went away from Miriam and Co., those who were in the leadership, in the spiritual leadership themselves, ah, Korakim, ah, did God talk to you alone? Are we not there when God was there? And they were not there. Because God kept them away when God was saying to them, if you allow these people to come to the place where they see the, said they will die. And then they challenged him. How many of you have looked at your leaders here and said this and said that? But this is not my subject today. I'm just showing you the patterns in the word of God. That God introduces his doctrine first into the church by who? His appointed man. And you would do well to do what? To submit to the doctrine following the word of God and following God according to the utterances that the man has given to you. And the church leadership in this nation, as far as the things that God was speaking Regarding the change that was coming, they all missed it. They all did what? Missed it. And I say that authoritatively. You will do well 
to pray for men who will be hearing from God. You will do well to do what? To pray for men who will be what? Hearing from God. Because if they are not hearing from God, we are all mumuni. We just go like that, so go, so go. And we all go into the ditch. That's what the church in Nigeria today is facing. Just follow with me. So that you don't say that's all in the Old Testament. God is still using exactly the same pattern in the new what? In the New Testament. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus Christ the same? Yesterday in the Old Testament? Today, when they were there, as I will show you with multiplicity of scriptures. And my question then is if that was the pattern that God was using then, should it be different now? Much more now that is so crucial for us not to miss his coming. There shouldn't be a change. Praise the Lord. In Hebrews 3, 1 and 2. Please give me one and two. Wherefore, yes. holy brethren, yes. partakers of the heavenly calling, yes. consider the apostle and yes. high priest of our profession. Jesus, the high priest of our profession, was the one to whom the doctrine of the eternal God, or who was the owner of the doctrine himself. And he spoke it to those who were in there in, the, in his days. Yes, please finish that scripture. Who was faithful to him that appointed him? He was faithful to God that appointed him. As also Moses was faithful in all his house. In the house. same way that Moses was faithful in all his house. What we call the love cycle is also the modus operandi of God in the establishment of doctrine in his church. Amen? Jesus Christ revealed the Father to the disciples. And the disciples did what? Revealed the, the, the disciples. They, they revealed the Father. They revealed him to the world. It hasn't changed. It has not changed. And the reverse is also true. The world that is hearing the word has submitted to the doctrine as espoused by the disciples in the same way as the disciples are what? Are submitted unto the living God. This is the pattern and we need to have this fully established in our hearts so that in the things and the confusion that is going around and so on and so forth, we don't get caught in it. And we lose our, our salvation and lose our reward. Now, let's now take a dive into the New Testament. Who was the first person that came to Jesus? Thank you. Andrew was the first person. Alright? And Andrew did what? Andrew then did what? It took Peter. So if God wanted to look at so on and so forth, you would say Andrew is the first disciple. But in the things that happened after that, who was the lead person? Thank you. God is the appointer. He chose to appoint Peter. And I gave you a little bit of insight into that. The last time that I was here, the scripture in John chapter 21 or so that all of us, we just look at, oh, do you love us thou me? Love us thou me? Love us thou me? You didn't see the heart of a crying master. That the person to whom I revealed myself the most to has abandoned his role. The person to whom the fullness of all that God is and what he will do to, he abandoned. 
beyond his rule. The one who held the doctrine. For Jesus said unto you, I give what? The keys. And he threw the keys away. And went fishing. And that's where many of the leaders are today. I cannot say God didn't call any of the men that you spoke about. But by their fruits we are seeing that they are abandoning the things that have been given to them. They threw the keys aside. And they went a-fishing. Baba Reda. Oti wo wo lo. Oti wo wo lo. And we, we, we dance. We shout. And we make noise. And we are happy. As long as they are telling us, Oh, Prosperity we come. <laughs> Andrew was actually the one that came first to in contact with the Lord. He took Peter. But when Jesus began appointing the, the apostles, when Jesus began appointing up the apostles, it was Peter that was the first one that he chose. Nobody else. Not one of the eleven. Peter was the first one that is also named, by the time you get to Matthew chapter 10, 1 to 7, we are not going to read that. You can take your time. Those scriptures are there because the real, the real meat, I'm here to come to it. But it's important that you get this so that if this is established in your heart, the things that will then follow will not be difficult for you to grasp. By the time you get to Matthew 16, and Jesus asked the question, who do men say that I am? Who was it that was answering? Now, I want you to imagine the way things were there. The others were there also, were they not? But something was already settling in. That every eye of the eleven that were there turned to who? It was as though there was an expectation on their side that you are the one who is going to answer. And when the Lord was speaking in Luke chapter 22, when he said, Satan has sought to do what? But I have done what? And when thou art what? When you are recovered, you will see that God was already pointing to who it is that he was choosing. In the establishment of his doctrine, the establishment of his word, And now we stand in the fact that when they first went to the temple, Peter and John were the ones that went. But who was the spokesman there? It was Peter. So the established pattern, even in the New Testament, followed what we saw in the Old Testament. And I ask you, my brethren, judge the things that I'm saying because we are going somewhere. Because each time he said, oh, lovest thou me? I've always gone with the, with the crowd. They said, oh, Jesus was not speaking of heroes. He was not speaking of, uh, uh, what is the other one now? He was not speaking of Phileo. He was speaking of Agape. Boncom. That may have been true. But that wasn't the issue here. The pain in the heart of the master was that I appointed you to be the revealer. To communicate me. Look, look at the things that he did. Whether it was supply. When they went to look for money to pay tax. 
Do you think it was just the, the fact because he was a master fisherman? He failed if it came to being master fisherman because there were others who didn't just but God was pointing to something. In this particular case of John 21 that I just said, there were seven outstanding men there. Whom the Lord could have spoken. If I go back and see all the people who are with him, to whom Peter God said, me, I'm going a fishing, you know. And everybody said, they went with him. Would God send two ambassadors, two, three, or five ambassadors? We counted seven at the beginning. Should they be speaking different things? Should they? Should they be speaking different things? That scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 33 said, For what? God is not the author of confusion. God is not what? God is not what? The author of confusion. God is not what? The author of confusion. So if seven men are speaking seven different things, what do you call that? That would be Confusion. And God is not the author of confusion. And he avoids confusion by speaking through what? One voice. And we need to understand that it is when we become confused about the voice that God was speaking through that everything blows apart. And everybody will go their own way. The pattern of the Lord is clear. And when people are divided... Mark chapter 3, 24 to 26 tells me very clearly. The implication was that we God to have two men in the same area saying two different things about the pathway to the kingdom. Said, if the house is divided against itself, it will do what? Please read the scripture. And if a kingdom be divided against itself. If a kingdom be divided against itself. That kingdom cannot stand. Will the church in Nigeria stand if we continue the way we are going? And that's the call. That's the cry that we are talking about. And when I'm talking about what it is that God is speaking about this time, by the time we get to the closing portions of this time, you will understand where we are. Because God didn't keep us in the dark at all about what mattered the most. Concerning this election, it didn't keep us in the dark at all. We have to stand on our own in order that we accept that it is God that we submit to. It is Christ that we submit to. Not a man that we are following, but rather we are, in that sense, following a man because he is following Christ. The connection goes directly from the individual member to their leader. And right on to Jesus. And that's why he said they reject you, the leader, they are also rejecting me. They reject you, they reject me, and they reject the Father. We saw that in what we read in John 13. And I'm also certain that the Lord to restore his holiness of his name and to get us into the kingdom is allowed us into different groups whereby we can continue to be sustained until until we learn that this may, be, um, this may be bitter, but a vital lesson to submit to him. We have to get to the point where we are following the voice 
that is sent into the world to establish the doctrine. And I say to you, my brethren, concerning the things that God is saying about this nation, the church in this nation, and what will befall it, except the church identifies and begins to follow who it is that God has set as, an appoint, as, as the leader, carrying his word. Who that person is, even if I knew, I won't tell you. But I've said that there is a compass that God has put in our hands in this place. The compass in terms of where our prayers should be focused. Because something is coming. We are looking for full employment, right? We are looking for power so that I don't pay too much for diesel, right? We are looking for better standards of living, right? I also am. But those things are going to perish here. And you will perish with that if that's all that you are going after. That's not God's objective. Because God set something in motion. That those who will identify it and see it, they'd better align themselves and be seeking God. Lord, who has the world concerning how things will evolve about the church in this country and how God wants, what, God, what God wants to do? Praise the Lord. When God was leading through Moses, he emphasized Moses. Joshua, he emphasized Joshua. Remember that in the days of Joshua, there was at least one other person who went with him and they conquered, the, they saw the land and came back with the right testimony. Caleb. Did you ever hear of Caleb again? Because he wasn't the appointed man. And did you see Caleb coming to say, I will fight? At the right time, Caleb went to him as the leader and said, Oga, oh we went together. You were there when God said this. He didn't go to him and say, nonsense. He And in the days of Elisha, you know there were three schools of prophets. In Jericho, in... Uh, I don't know. In Bethel, in, Je in, in Jericho, in Bethel, and in where? And Gilgal. There were three schools of prophets in which he was operating, but God set him out as what? As the leader. What I'm trying to say to you is that God is not the author of confusion. You may have different schools and so on and so forth, but one carries the responsibility with respect to the word of God and the doctrine for the land. Amen? Now look at the sequence in the book of, in the, in the, in the book of Apostles. And by the time I've done with that, I would have laid a foundation that I think was crucial before we go into the nitty-gritty of what we are here to talk about today. Kovadis, church in Nigeria. All of you know Acts 2. There are many people who are there. 120 disciples were in the upper room. All right? Or was it only 12 disciples that were there? There were 120 of them at least recorded. Maybe there were more. And all of them were speaking in what? They were speaking. So several people were speaking and declaring. A lot of people saw and heard what was going on. But guess who that stood up? Men and brethren. Who was it that stood up? Peter. So what you saw in the, in, the, in, the, in the days of the life of the Lord, after he departed, the pattern still continued. Amen? And when it came to the man who 
who was, who was being healed, Acts chapter 3, verse 4, they went to the temple. Two of them went. And the person that you will consider as being the closest and probably the most was, was who? John was with him, the son of thunder. Jesus could have said, son of thunder. But when it was time to speak, who spoke? Did John struggle with him? They were witnesses together. When the man was healed, it was him. When the unfortunate incident in Acts chapter 5 happened, what was in Acts chapter 5? Thank you, Sapphira and Ananias. Who was it that spoke? Where were all the others? They were there. And when the time came to confront the government of the day, the religious government of the day, who was it that spoke? Should we obey men rather than the voice of God? It was Peter. There is a consistency in the pattern of the Lord. That's what I'm saying. And I'm challenging every one of you here today, listening to me and listening to the things that God has shown. Is it going to be different in our time? Why should be? Why should it? Why should it? Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I've given you the different dimensions and so in the way in which God speaks. There may be multiple messengers. But there's a message and there's one that God, I mean, we are, these things we knew. God will raise up head powers. Head powers to do what? Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit was withheld. In Acts chapter 8, verse 18 to 22, Philip had already gone to Samaria. He had witnessed and massively people turned out to the Lord. But when it was time to lay hands and let the Holy Spirit be released, who was it that they sent for? Peter. By the time you get to Acts chapter 9, you see it was Peter that first raised doctors from the dead. When he came to Judea, uh, in Acts 10.1, Peter again was the one. And when it was the time that the war should go out to the Gentiles, who was the first person that took the word out to the Gentiles? Peter. Even ahead of Paul. In chapter 10, God used Peter to expand to the Gentiles. Why did he single out Peter? Everything here, in terms of the different scriptures that establish this pattern, first that God introduces his doctrine to the church through the man that he has appointed. Two, that you submit to the doctrine to be conformed to the image of the man. That even where you have multiple messengers, they have only one doctrine, and there is always one that God set as what? As the chief apostle. Until the time of Paul, and when the time of Paul came also, it was clear to them that while Paul was now fully dedicated to the Gentiles, Peter stood there, but the doctrine remained what? The same. Exactly the same. And that's where I'm now going to change to where we are going today. Praise the Lord. I have gone through this entire treatise with the Nigerian church in focus. And the need of the Nigerian church to recalibrate itself 
and align with the word of God in responding one to the matters of civil governance in this country. Clearly, God is interested in the affairs of our nation. True or false? I tell you, even if you don't believe it, it's true. Number one, Ebola. Number two, election. Number three, many more will come. So, God is interested in the affairs of our country. He's interested not only in the affairs of our country, but interested in where the church for which he died, where are they going to end up? And it's coming down to the point that I said, who is hearing for, from God in this change that everybody has been clapping and everybody has been dancing and been giving glory to God. Yes, God has done great things. God has taken us here and so on and so forth. What is going to happen to the church of God? That's the question. And like, I mean, I, I just laughed. Go and pick up the punch of today and see how many assemblies and different churches who are now putting adverts in the newspaper and they are now saying, turning their allegiance to GMP. A people who have nothing that they hold on to will fall for anything. Who is hearing or who has heard the Lord? What is he saying to the church? Who is his voice in this watershed of the history of this country or the history of the church? That's where we are. Because there were certain things that God did. How many of you listened to Bodem Bosun, Bosun, Bosun's message? What was his message? Islamization of Nigeria and the caution that people needed to take concerning Sharia and so on and so forth. Do you know that that was a direct message from God? Thanks for listening. Join us again on Friday for the concluding part of today's sermon. If you want further information on what you have heard on today's episode, please call 0803-3628-796 or visit us online at tcbc.org.ng.